I was selling those clarity calls or inviting people into those clarity calls at, uh, you know, in registration emails. And I was almost booked up before the event even started. Wow. So it was a really great strategic event for my business, which I'm thrilled about because I enjoy doing it. Um, and I'm, I will do it again next fall for sure. Why would you wait that long? That's a great question, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> Sal, you just told me something was wildly successful. <laughs> Why know, wouldn't you right? do it again in three months? Hmm. Do people, when, when do people get tired of it? Sally, how many people um, that came to your event had just learned about you? Uh, what percentage of the room? 85%. Okay. Yeah, so if 85% of the room is brand new, uh, how would they be tired of you doing that event when <laughs> it is the first time question. that they've heard of it? Yeah. And then the other, I the, room, for me. <laughs> the other 15% of the room. The other 15% of the room. Uh, they are probably in love with you and would like any chance to spend more time. Yeah. And it's probably it right again, now so. not the right time or uh, the right time for their budget to invest in you, but they know they want to. Yeah. And so you're keeping them warm. <sighs> yep. So I'd, like right. to, right. I'd like to see you do this Warn again it. in January. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm thinking February. I'm going to do it February. Okay. I'm just going to tell everybody right February. here. Excellent. <laughs> I'm do February. Excellent. How are entrepreneurs like us daring bravely to build a stage, ditch the sweatpants, and step up to the mic? How do we create our own transformative events so we can get our message out into the world in a bigger way that's not only profitable, but it's actually something we can be proud of? That's the question. And the answers are inside this podcast. My name is Sarah Pfeiffer. Welcome to Green Room Central. Today, I brought into Green Room Central Studio Sally Z, an award-winning speaker and speaker coach at Be Moved. Her mission is to create talks that move audiences and the world. After 20 plus years of honing her craft, Sally coaches big-hearted entrepreneurs and changemakers to step on stage and speak their story in a way that moves audiences. She recently hosted her first half-day virtual event called Story Plus Impact for entrepreneurs to get the inspiration, insight, and practical training necessary to scale their speaking so they can have more impact, authority, and revenue. Sally, welcome to Green Room Central Studios. Say hello to Lynchpin Nation. Hello, Lynchpin Nation. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm so thrilled you're here. It's been a long time since we got to chat, and I'm just thrilled to be hanging with a fellow Minnesotan uh, this Whoa. morning. Oh, yeah. Yes, you betcha. Okay. Sally, you just hosted your first half-day virtual event, and I'm so excited to dig into all of the things about how that went and how you felt. But first, I wanna I wanna get a sense for what you think your superpower is when it comes to the event space. Mm, thank you for asking that. Uh, so I have, although this last event that I did that we're going to talk about, that was the first time I myself was hosting a half day 
event, virtual event, but I have been on event teams and helped script events and help prep speakers and spoken at many, many events over the years. And so I love events. I think they're amazing. And if I were to answer what my superpower is, I have to say the first thing that jumped to mind is that I know how to move an audience, Mm. how to emotively connect with an audience from a creation perspective, like what we create, the words that we create, the the whole structure of the event, how you build an experience for an, an event and for an audience that serves them in an emotively satisfying, satisfying yeah. way. <laughs> because it, that, to me, that is why we do events versus send an email or even do a webinar. Like an event is an experience. And yes. I love to think of it that way. And how do we serve up a really juicy, satisfying, moving event. I think that's, that's my superpower. Oh, that's so good. And I, I bet there's a lot of people like me who are listening right now who are thinking, oh gosh, I'm a little bit uh, envious (laughs) that that is your superpower because that's, that's a skill that needs honing. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's such a big one when it comes to the event experience. And yeah, I agree. That's yeah. what people come for. People come to be moved. And yeah. it, isn't that the name of your company too? It is. <laughs> How clever of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, uh, I agree. And so much of that is what is said from stage and how it's said and the, emotion, and the emotion behind it, how it makes people feel and That's amazing that you have that foundation to start on as you're going into your first event. And Mm -hmm. so you have tons of event experience, but it's different. It's not you like, like footing the bill and it's not Mm -hmm. you, uh, Mm -hmm. like being in charge of like holding space on the stage for the whole time. So what was it like? What were your biggest learnings coming away from your very first Like, this is my stage, I built it event. Yeah. So generally, I'm I'm so proud of what I was able to pull off. Yeah. (laughs) But but technology is all, it's a thorn in my side again and again and again. And to be expected, because I was, I, I, I opted for new, a new platform Mm. that I hadn't used before. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of new things and Uh, For me, it was a really intentional shift towards let's take advantage of this opportunity and play in some spaces technologically. I updated all of my equipment. I went and I I took the opportunity to say, okay, I want to just up-level the experience for myself for the long run. And I knew that that could create some short-term challenges, but I just owned that right up front in the event and said, here we are gathered together. And I know that, uh, this is precious time for you. And as an entrepreneur, I'm always going to be pushing myself to the next place. And that's what we're doing here today. This is a new platform for me. We've got all kinds of beautiful, cool, new things. It's not going to go perfectly and that's okay. 
My goal here today is to not do this perfectly. My goal today is to create connection with you. And so despite what might go wrong, that's what my focus is today. <laughs> and because that's my philosophy as a speaking coach, mm -hmm. you know, I've yeah. coached people for 20 plus years in the speaking industry. So uh, that is what I believe, <laughs> but it offered me some great cover. <laughs> <laughs> ironically, because it was technologically very bumpy. So that is my biggest learning was even as, you know, I did a run through, we did a tech through, we did all the things you're supposed to do. And it was still, uh, we still encountered things that I didn't expect or didn't know about. Um, because there's just some things you don't know until you're in the real time experience. Um, so next time I will know so much more. And ultimately, I, I think it was worth it. And I'm so glad I did it. But it was a lot of new. Okay. So new. I'm hearing mm -hmm. that you think tech is really scary. And then you decided to say, I'm going to go and get new equipment and a new platform for my first event. Like, let's just yeah. pile yep. on all of the scary things. Go there. Let's just go there, Sarah. Yeah. Hello. I'm Sally. Nice to meet you. That's how I roll. I'm not sure but that you know, I would it, recommend that. <laughs> but I totally applaud fair. you. <laughs> and it's because I wasn't worried about the content. Mm. You know, I wasn't worried about my ability to deliver it. Yes. I, those things are like easy for me. And I say that with a big asterisk. Of course, it takes focus and energy and commitment and preparation. But I trust myself completely in the delivery of what I'm doing. And so that opens up space for me to focus on this other area of new, yes. which was all the tech. Uh, and so if you aren't feeling super confident about what you're saying or how you're saying it, I wouldn't, I would focus on that first. That's my, yes. <laughs> totally my, and as the event expert, you might 100 have a agree. point of view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't agree okay. more. I think there's so many things that people pile on uh, during events like you did with tech that distract yeah. them from what matters, which is the content. And yeah. I feel so sad when people don't get the content right because they were so worried about all of these yeah. other things that didn't have, Absolutely. like we just didn't need to put ourselves there, you know? Yeah. But so you totally. didn't, you knew you didn't have to worry about the content. So you decided to go like, into this brave new world. So you got new equipment. What did you get? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a, an actual full-sized teleprompter. I was going to stand where I, so I set up like a new studio space in my office. Yeah. Uh, but then I remembered we're not necessarily doing this on video. So then I was like, well, we could just talk about it. <laughs> and this is an easier, like automatic jump in and yes. press go. But I have a little corner studio that I created okay. and set up for this where I have a teleprompter. I've got a nice um, camera. Uh, I'm trying did to you get a switcher kind. by chance? Um, One of those like little ATM not, mini things? Um, an ATM mini thing. Well, I use Ecamm Live. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. um, and that works within lots of different platforms. So I was using Zoom events and Ecamm Live within Zoom. So Ecamm Live is my switcher. Yeah. And it makes it really, really easy to go from full screen slide yes. to me 
you know, I'm sure you know. I love that. I mean, it just, it's, it's one of the coolest things that's come from the pandemic is the evolution of virtual and being able to switch up the view for our guests because I mean, if we're watching TV, how often are they changing it on us? Right. (laughs) Multiple times in a second, it feels like it just, it's constant and that's for a reason it's by design. And so we get to do that now too. And so an ATA mini or an Ecamm live allows us to switch that up and it's easier to tell the people it's easier than it feels right. So much easier. And so I have a little thing called, oh gosh. Okay. Can you give me a minute while I run and look? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. okay so, so I'm going to recap. So she got herself a little studio in her office, separate from her office space, dedicated to going live and doing events. She got herself a teleprompter. She's using the switcher. She got a dedicated high res camera. Uh, did you also maybe do a monitor that is showing you the maybe like the zoom gallery view yeah i had three well the zoom gallery view is in the teleprompter oh wow okay so so i could see all the people in my teleprompter and then i had my slides and what they were all seeing i wanted to make sure i knew what they were seeing so i had that set up on I had three monitors that on one of the monitors. Well, yeah. Tell us what you had on each monitor. Right. Yeah. So on the monitor to my right, I had my, I had my slide deck, just exactly what the deck was on, on the right. Yeah. And then if I'm remembering this correctly, and then I had zoom in the teleprompter. And then I had on my, the third monitor was my laptop. And that was over to my left. And on that, I had, uh, that was like my working deck. So that's where I had my um, Ecamm, uh, you know, buttons and all of the things. Even though I was using Stream Deck, that was the cool tool I wanted to make sure I pointed mm. out. So anyway, the, uh, so I had my monitor, which was kind of the, the main system that was running everything in the teleprompter so that second monitor was the zoom world and then to the right was my slides that's awesome and how did that feel did you did it give you more confidence having those things to look at or did did something become a distraction um well i was using we're getting super technical which which is great but I was using my slides in Canva Mm. and I personally, I love Canva. I love Canva, but there's a few little things in the using of Canva as a presentation tool that is not quite working for me. And I should just call them up because I talk about them all the time. I'm like, I'm sending so many people to you Canva. So listen to me when I tell you this, (laughs) it has this funny, stupid little thing where when you put your cursor on it, 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 depending on where your cursor is on the monitor, it will send it forward or backward. Mm. And so I had to, um, I had to be really careful. So every once in a while it would click back instead of forward Mm. accidentally. It could be a distraction. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. The good news is because I was controlling what view people had, 
I could really easily with my stream deck, which is like a small little um, keypad basically, and I can press a button and it could change the view with a button. Yes. So I could make it show just me and then I could make it show just my slide and then I could make it show my slide with me in the corner. Yep. And then I had a button that would play my transition music and video. Oh, fun. And so once you have that all set up, Whew, that just made everything easier. So I could just change the view to something else while I got the slide set up and then I would move to the slide. Um, that could all have been easier if I uh, had had gotten my clicker working. <laughs> like a wireless it's just the clicker? Things. Yes, yeah. my slide clicker, you know, that you use when you're out speaking in the real world. Because my computer was right there, I was like, I'm not going to need the clicker. But uh, because I was managing, I was producing it yes. myself as I was doing yes. it in the moment. There was just a lot of things happening. And so it ended up, um, it ended up being a little messier than I wanted. I don't think ultimately it impacted people's well, experience I was gonna say, all that much. I but... bet all of these things you're describing to me, it was what you were experiencing and not yeah. your guess. And next yeah. time it'll be that much, it'll feel that much smoother for you and natural because, yeah. you know, you've had this initial experience and you've found the areas that you want to tweak and totally, um, yeah. definitely really pushed yourself to try new things. I agree mm -hmm. on that wireless clicker. It's, it's, it's amazing how much, and you would know better than me, uh, how much of your brain is used when you're speaking in front of an audience and how you just want to uh, remove any sort of, I don't say oh, distractions or yeah. friction. And a clicker is yep. just so easy, right? It's forward yeah. or back. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I think it's a reminder to me, even as I'm talking about this with you and you know, this morning as I was thinking about our conversation mm -hmm. and reflecting on the event, just the level of resilience that we have to bring mm. to the moment mm -hmm. to, to not let that be the decision maker about the experience that you're having with your audience, that that kind of stuff happens and it truly an audience is willing to stick with you on it. They get it. In fact, they're just empathizing with you as long as you yourself don't get detracted mm. from the real goal. And so, you know, people expect some bumps and if you can ride those bumps without it really paying a price in terms of the connection that you're having with people, then then if anything, it might humanize you and help people feel more connected. Like, oh, especially the world of speaking, we tend to put people on a pedestal and say, okay, well, you're you're doing something right. that I could never do. And the reality is it's just like, nope, I'm just a human. <laughs> and yep, my dog keeps scratching at the door yes. and my kids just got home. And, you know, I mean, we're especially in the virtual world we are bringing our real full selves to the moment. And I want us to be able to do that. And we can still deliver a high quality, empathetic, connected, moving piece of um, content for our people. So it's all, it's the whole soup of it. It is. And I want to underline something you just said there about how we 
react our resilience in the moment when stuff like mm-hmm. you know oh shoot I, my wireless clicker's not working I'm gonna have to go figure out what button yeah. it is on my laptop and I'm in the middle yeah. of a thought and I don't want to lose it yeah like the, that our resilience in that moment or something even bigger going wrong is so important and I've watched so many speakers and the ones that I am just I just think to myself oh my gosh, you're so good, are the ones where I know there's things that are not going right and they aren't letting it ruffle their feathers and they're able to talk about it in a way that doesn't throw anybody under the bus, that doesn't uh, make it look like it's, you know, like blowing it out of proportion. They're just like, oh, Shoot, that was the wrong yep. video that just played. Hey, um, yep. can you play the, the the other video? That's the one I wanted to play right now. You know, if they're talking yeah. to the back of the room or something. It just, yeah. your ability to be grace under pressure and resilient. And, and yes, uh, again, like a double underline, people want to see you. Um, like the real you and the more vulnerable, like our vulnerability is a key to connecting with our guests and it is okay it is okay to be vulnerable and say shoot (laughs) i walked up on stage without the clicker i'm gonna like you just like (laughs) hang out here and write three things you're excited about for our next hour together when we're gonna talk about x i'm gonna go get it and come back Totally. Okay. Can, okay. I, can I be speaker coach for a moment on this? Because I think what you're talking about is so, yeah. so important. Go speaker coach that on the, us. Yes. Okay. All right. So the line is when our audience, when, when we, we flip over to a worrying place on screwing up or missing something mm-hmm. or something goes wrong or it's live theater. Like you have no idea what's going to happen, mm. which is partly why people find it so terrifying, but why I think it's so thrilling because you just never know. But what we're trying to attain and and maintain with our audience is a level of trust. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you can't screw up. What it means is they want to know that you still are... Uh, captain of the ship. And I call it like, do you have the con? The con is this old, you know, sailing term about con- the control of the ship. Mm. So the person who has the con, it has the wheel yes. of the ship. And so if you, if they start to worry, like who is running the ship and what's going on? And when you sound like you don't have trust in the people who are running things or this or that, then they start to feel uneasy. And now they're pulled out of the experience and are analyzing it from above instead of being in the experience with us. And so most importantly, we want to maintain that sense of trust and connection. And so if you screw up, if you walk out on stage and you don't have the clicker, it's no worries. This happens. I'm going to go grab it. I've got you. And you're still taking care of them in that moment. And you can be honest about what's going on because you're a real human and mistakes happen. Yes. And so that is the most important piece of it. If they start to worry about you. So like when somebody takes their vulnerability to a level where you're like, uh, this is too outside the norms and expectations for this context. Right now, they're not with you. Now they're they're analyzing from above. 
um, and we want to keep them really, really focused down with us. And so, you know, that's to me the thing to think about when you're like, okay, I can't screw up. That's not what it's about. Mm. Nothing can go wrong. That's not what it's about. Um, in order for me to be vulnerable, I have to share all. Nope, that's not what it's about. It's truly about a, a true, honest connection based in the reality of the moment that's happening right now. Not this taking your plan and sticking to it no matter what and, you know, ignoring something that is really happening in the room. But how do we show up and let go all at the same time? And that's that's where trust and connection come in. Yeah, Does that make sense? Absolutely. And Lynchpin Nation, I'd want you to like star the thing in your journal that where she said a part about like that you're in charge of the room. Like that's your job. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. people get uneasy if you if they sense that that you're <laughs> who's like leading, <laughs> who's in charge who's here? <laughs> What's happening? Like, uh-huh. They just need to yeah. feel a sense of that you're in control. Uh, and mm-hmm. that, like Sally said, you've, 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 they've, you've got them and mm-hmm. that's so important mm-hmm. and it's way easier to do than I think we give ourselves credit for. <laughs> We're all yeah. capable of that. Yeah. 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 And that like, especially when you think of this from a team perspective. So I'm, uh, when we're talking about this, I'm imagining it in person, Mm. but you know, usually when we're putting on an event, there's multiple people involved. So my assistant was in Slack, right. And she's helping, you know, we're not in the same location, but she's in zoom events. She's checking the chat. She's fixing this or fixing that she's in communication with me the whole time. And so I know like my job is to make, to not, like you said, not throw her under the bus if something goes wrong. And her job is to not, and vice versa. We take care of each other Mm -hmm. in this and you want to make each other look brilliant. So I can say, you know, if there was something going wrong, instead of Allison didn't do this or didn't do that or whatever, which by the way, that was not the case at all. But I can say, Allison's figuring it out. Allison's the hero yes. of the day, you know, and that helps people know that we see what's happening, we're managing it, and we're being real about something that everybody knows and is aware of uh, in managing it. We've got you. We've got you. We've, we've created this safe place Couldn't for you to show more. up and do your thing. That's so good. After all of this stuff, that went well and didn't go well what would you what would you boil up as uh something that you would do differently next time uh i wouldn't wait until the week of to do my tech run through Mm. (laughs) i would do that uh you know 10 14 days in advance uh, and do multiple of them. So when I was doing stuff in person, we were doing so much more prepping and rehearsing and we're in the space the day before and we're, you know, putting the slides up, you know, hours before and running through everything. And when we are virtual, 
the pros and con of it is that anybody can do it <laughs> and anybody can do it and and we can slap something together and pull it off really but we still have to give ourselves time to uh, to figure out where the, the friction is going to be, to use your word. I love that. I think that's exactly accurate and the, the bumps. Um, so I, I tend to, especially people, entrepreneurs, we do so much virtual and we can kind of wing it. And this is, technology is one of those things that you really don't want to wing. You really want to give yourself lots of time and energy to mess up in advance um, as much as possible. So I did not give myself enough time and energy. So I was up late the night before trying to set all the monitors up exactly right. And sure. stuff like that, where it was like, you know, this is too stressful. Yeah, you can't <laughs> serve as your highest, you know, show up and serve as your highest and best self. If I say is if you're schlepping boxes in, you know, the day before in the morning yeah. of, but or yeah. staying up late and trying to figure out like... How yeah. to set up a monitor and make your clicker yeah. work and uh, get the <laughs> teleprompter going. Yeah. Yeah. What would yeah. you say is something that you would definitely do again? Like this was a home run for you. Yeah. Um, one of my guests joined us in person, mm. which was really, really fun. So even though it was virtual, yes. Um, she happened to be local and I was like, come, let's do this in person yes. with me. And so that was a really fun little delight and surprise. And uh, for me, it was such a relief. I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about any technology in this section. It's just yeah. two people having a conversation face to face. But it, I think, brought a new and different energy. And it's so great to be able to, you know, switch up the mode, mm, not just mm -hmm. like video, panel, you know, keynote, interview, all the different ways that we can deliver our content, but to really be in person together oh, was, fun. was a really fun delight. And it was a favorite. It was a hit. Um, so you, you didn't yeah. speak the whole event. You had other guest speakers with you. Talk to me yeah, about I that and why, why you made that decision. Well, promotionally, it's wise, right? So you're just like, you know, we build our podcast because they're an incredible networking tools and yep. we're sharing audiences and bringing their audience with them into our event and experience. Uh, I, four hours is a long time for one person to be doing their thing. Um, and especially virtually, I think bringing in other voices mm -hmm. is important. It, I probably sold some extra tickets, you know, I, I am so pleased with how many people, uh, joined and how many people bought tickets. I, my goal was 500, which was a big goal, but, uh, you know, 400 people bought tickets. That's that was amazing, so, Sally. I know I was really, really excited about that because you just never know. And I've done plenty of webinars in my day that yeah. didn't meet the goals that I set out, um, nearly that. So this felt, it felt really good to do that. So I do think having those other voices in, and some of them were more high profile than me. And so it was a great way to, uh, I think elevate the, mm, not just the experience itself, but also the, uh, 
the way it looked, <laughs> yeah. which matters when you're selling, you know, not to be too down and dirty about it, but how it looks is how you sell it. And then delivering is what happens in the moment. So, yeah. Um, talking about your 400 um, ticket sales. So your guests, mm -hmm. how did you fill that room? Yeah, so um, I was in promo mode for it for a, a good six weeks on social and in my email, weekly emails and stuff. And then I started uh, Facebook ads probably two and a half weeks in advance. Okay. And those were really successful. They were really great. And honestly, I hadn't put a lot of stock <laughs> into them. I've had such up and down response yeah, really inconsistent response from Facebook ads and Instagram, but, but they worked really well. And because this was a lead generating, the whole point of the event for me, for my business was not just to serve my audience and provide for them something really valuable, but it was also to invite people into sales conversations with me mm -hmm. and, um, and so, you know, I call them clarity calls and they are. But they're also the introduction to how can I help you? Right. What's the next thing for you and your business? And I I was selling those clarity calls or inviting people into those clarity calls, at, uh, you know, in registration emails. And I was almost booked up before the event even started. Wow. So it was a really great strategic event for my business, which I'm thrilled about because I enjoy doing it. Um, and I'm, I will do it again next fall for sure. Why would you wait that long? That's a great question, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> Sal, you just told me something was wildly successful. <laughs> Why know, wouldn't you right? do it again in three months? Hmm. Do people, when, when do people get tired of it? Sally, how many people, <laughs> um, that came to your event had just learned about you? Um, what percentage of the room? 85%. Okay. Yeah, so if 85% of the room is brand new, uh, how would they be tired of you doing that event <laughs> when it's it is the first time question. that they've heard of it? Yeah. And then the other 15% of the room. challenge for me. <laughs> the other 15% <laughs> of the room, uh, they are probably in love with you and would like any chance to spend more time yeah. and it's probably it right again, now so. not the right time or uh the right time for their budget to invest in you but they know they want to yeah and so you're keeping them warm <sighs> yep so i'd you're like right. to, you're right. I, i'd like to see you do this Warn again it. in january <laughs> okay <clears throat> all right I'm thinking February. I'm going to do it February. Okay. I'm just going to tell everybody right February. here. Excellent. <laughs> I'm going to do February. Excellent. January, I'm, it's like travel crazy month. Was it profitable but... for you? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, well, you know what? I say this because it's the, it's the beginning of the customer journey series for me. It's absolutely profitable and worth it. Mm -hmm. So there's no you know, spending a few thousand dollars on Facebook ads is absolutely a worthwhile investment to me. Um, I had, because I bought all new equipment, was like, well, this one, um, 
it was an expensive event for me and my mm-hmm. business, but those costs don't carry over to the next one. Another reason that. why I should yeah, do it faster. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I just, uh, I love for people to keep doing what works, right? And so yeah. you're saying that this worked and let's just get better at doing what works instead of trying something new, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really liked, I will say, I liked that it was a half day, not a full day, because a full day can feel like a big commitment mm, for people, mm-hmm. even though, um, you know, and it still is meaty. It's it's more than a webinar. Yeah. It still feels like, okay, I'm going to take some time and space. I'm going to carve out some time and I'm going to be here mm-hmm. and be present. So the half day felt really good to me in that. Uh, and afterwards, I could shut everything down and go sit outside with margarita. Yes. And that was great too, you know. There is such a it's a such a beautiful dynamic where we can be serving so many people from all over the world and then yeah. like turn off the computer and go step outside yeah. and we're back with our family and our real life yeah. and get yeah. to you know, just be doing something we love, like drinking a margarita on the yeah. back porch. <laughs> It's so weird (laughs) and amazing all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. I as a as a speaker coach, obviously the pandemic blew up my business and many, many other people's. And I'm sure we're talking to many of them right now. The great thing about it is that in my book, it democratized the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like anybody can do this. You don't, you don't need the new equipment. And I know you and I totally agree on this, Sarah. You don't need all the fancy things. You don't have to wait to be invited. And as a speaker coach, I'm saying, stop waiting to be invited. And yeah, we want to do that too, but get out there now. You can. The virtual stage is yours for the taking. You know, every day on social media is a free virtual stage. Yes. Every time you put your podcast together, Sarah, you're on the virtual stage. Yes. And you can create a, a as big of a virtual stage for yourself as you want. Now, getting people there, promoting it, I'll, you know, I'm making it sound really easy. But it is yours for the taking there. And I think before the pandemic, we thought of speaking as something that only happened on a stage and only for people who had lots of followers, already had a book, a successful book even, and a not a self-published book. And like, we have all these caveats on what it takes Mm -hmm. to be a speaker. And my belief is anybody can do it. There's a learning curve, but nobody is born being an amazing speaker. You grow into it. You build yourself into it. You can. I want to circle <laughs> you. Sorry. <laughs> I want to circle okay. back to something you said, because you said it almost in passing, and I think it's kind of a big deal. You said you've tried Facebook ads in the past, and they haven't really been successful for you, but they were this time. And so I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you're able to pinpoint yet, what was it? I don't, maybe I found a better Facebook ads person. Mm. I don't know. Did you, what, what did you, know. what did your ads look like? Uh, so I had a few video ads. We AB tested a lot of different things. I had a few video ads and I had a few static ads. Really surprising to me and the Facebook person, my static ads did way better. Okay. 
isn't that interesting? Especially because yep. I'm like, oh, I'm a speaker and I'm, I like video and I'm, I think I'm pretty engaging on yes. video. I don't know. It's like, nope, the static ads did better. And what was so on your static ads? Um, did it say the event or like mm-hmm. event and it a did. date? And... It was a picture of me speaking mm-hmm. and had the event name. And uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. You could tell I was just like, great, it's working. <laughs> Yay, great. it's Go working. Gosh. Did you it's have amazing your... the details you let go of. Right? But they matter. <laughs> what did you um did your Facebook ads person make the ads for you or did you have your like crafty creative Canva she person? She did she did her um that static ad um based on some older ones I think I had done. You know, it's it's interesting because when I think about my ads in the past, <laughs> I have had an uncanny ability to launch around lots of, um, as soon as something in the world really goes horribly wrong. Mm. Um, the first time I launched my course and was doing webinars and playing with ads, um, was June of 2020 and sure. George Floyd had just yep. been murdered and I live in Minneapolis yep. and that was, it was a really, really hard time, understandably, um, and rightfully so. And then same thing in the election time that fall, I was like, okay, now I'm launching again. It's like, that was a horrible mistake, right? So, um, and unfortunately there's, it just feels like every few months there's something really that turns the world on its axis a little bit. But uh, this one, it may have had something to do with why it worked a little bit better. But you also had either, to be resilient. We've all normalized. We've normalized the... We've, we've normalized the, the, oh, the crazy gosh. that was going on. But I'm hearing resilience. Yeah. I'm hearing that you had you didn't give up uh, having yeah. tried them before and not been successful. And, yeah. and so... What a blessing that it worked this time. It's oh, exciting good grief, for you. Sarah. So much resilience yeah. in this business. <laughs> it right? is, isn't it? Uh, I think I Hence the margarita I, at the end. I do yes. think that it's <laughs> it's actually probably you know, it's kinda like having a child where everyone is so excited for you when you're pregnant yeah. and there is so much stuff that they do not tell you. <laughs> yeah. And right. I think entrepreneurship is quite similar in that, gosh, it requires way much, way more resilience than you could ever imagine. I think we can all agree that. And mm. not only resilience, but mm. yeah, just the ability to keep going is just yeah. it's unca- uncanny. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just like yeah. shocked every day. <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally get why people give up. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just can't imagine doing that. You know, I'd like, you can't see this, I know, but I have this little magnet proceed as if success is inevitable. So good. And that is my, I'm just like, it's happening. Yes. It's, it's happening. I don't get to decide exactly when, but it's happening. And that has been really helpful for me in all of this. It's part of the reason why I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to take this opportunity and up-level my camera and, you know, move beyond my free teleprompter to the real one and um, set up my space a little bit differently and 
get the lighting set up even better. And, you know, just it's so iterative. This business is constantly about we show up, we make it a little bit better and we learn. And then the next time we just make it a little bit better and we learn. And I feel like that's really what we've been talking about. Really? It really has. Uh, The last thing I want to ask you about is just I want to clarify where this event fit in your ascension model. This is essentially like top of the funnel, like bringing coldish, warmish people into your world and serving them well. And your, your offer was simply a clarity call with you, right? Yep. And that's it. There was, you didn't pitch like a course group coaching. It was just like, let's, let's hop on a call together. I talked about them and the one of two of the speakers of the three were clients of mine or speakers of mine that I've worked with. And so really naturally we talked about the programs. We talked Mm -hmm. about what they had learned from it. They showcased what we had done together beautifully just by being there and speaking. Mm. So there was a lot of great synergy happening in the event that was very intentional on my part. And so I just wanted to soften the ground. What I've learned over the years is speaking and, and inviting somebody in to be your speaking coach is a really personal Thing. Mm. And you you want to have a conversation with that person before you jump in and do something with them. And that's not totally true, but especially as I work with higher and higher ticket people yes. um, who are are growing significant uh, business with their speaking, they they want to have a conversation with you. And so I just shifted my model a little bit from. I'm going to pitch something and cross my fingers and hope that y'all jump in right now on this to, I know what you really want is to really get a sense of is, is, can this person be trusted with my stories? Mm. Can this, is this person going to really guide me thoughtfully? Um, And what I found is as soon as I have a conversation with somebody, as soon as I sit down with them, they're much, much closer to the yes than just pitching cold from the stage. So I just, that was one of the big shifts that I've made in my business in the last six months, probably. And it's been really, really powerful, really helpful. Oh, that's really good advice. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Sally, before we go, I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. I just want the very first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. What do you say to yourself backstage and on stage? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So this excited. is going to be great. I love that. I'm so excited. Share your best tip for filling events. Is it the Facebook ads? Mm. That's what worked really well for me yeah. this time. What is your... F- and, well, I would add to that. I would add to that uh, bringing in guests. Sure. Yeah. What's your favorite moment at events, at, at that event that you hosted? I love the first 10 minutes, right? That f- the first 10 minutes of just like, oh, you're here, la, 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 right? So the beginnings are so important, but I, it's all adrenaline. It's all joy and excitement. Yes. And it does feel a little bit like 
it's running ahead of you, you know, like just hang on to the reins, hang on to the reins a little bit. But, mm. but I kind of love that energy and that's, that's why people are there. So I'm like, just don't, I, you know, get everybody in there. You do not want to miss the first two minutes because we will, that's how you start. You set the tone. Yeah. It's a story-based moment typically. So I love the beginning. What's the best thing about hosting your own events or building your own stage and not waiting for somebody else? Yeah. That you feel like perhaps you are in charge of your life. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And some of that, of course, is a complete illusion. But, um, you know, to empower yourself like to, to recognize within yourself, your own ability to create something to serve people and not wait for permission. Like that is a really powerful game changing shift in the way that you think and behave as an entrepreneur and leader that, um, no, you don't have to wait. I couldn't agree more. Uh, what are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. Well, two things. I was just, I don't know where the other one is. So one of my speakers just launched one of her books. Building Psychological Karen Dahl, Fitness. Building Psychological Fitness. Oh, I suppose people can't see this. Yeah. Um, it's this really powerful, hefty book about um, really uh, wellness at work. Mental mental health wellness Such an at important work, topic. Which is obviously really, really timely and important. So just super proud of her on that, which is great. And then I was just reviewing, I hadn't, I haven't touched base with this book in a few years, but Jane Atkinson's book, The Wealthy Speaker. Mm. I came back to this book and I was just reminded, I was just upstairs looking through it. Um, as I'm working with my speakers, sometimes I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything in my strategy and my approach. And then I'll be like, okay, everyone else is, my approach is slightly different, but it's like, okay, yep, 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 yep. Um, And I was reminded reading Jane's book of she helps me dream really, really big because Mm. she's like, no, you're not just a successful speaker. You're not just a profitable speaker, but you are a wealthy speaker. Like, and as a woman, I just, I, I, I want to bring more female voices and leaders into that thinking in the speaking industry because there's just not enough women Mm. out there kicking butt so good uh sally what have you got going on right now that we should know about and where can linchpin nation find you nice okay well a few things i have some i think of course really powerful programs for speakers and entrepreneurs coaches, people who want to leverage the power of speaking to grow their revenue and their authority Mm -hmm. uh, in their industry. And so um, let me know if you're curious about that, we can hop on a clarity call. (laughs) Actually, we could do that. I would really love that. Um, And if if you're ready for that, just reach out to me on social or you could go to bemoved.com forward slash clarity. And it's a 10-minute call where I can help you get clear on what's next for you in your speaking based on the information we talked about. Easy peasy. I love it. I'll put put your social 
handles in the show notes as well as that link so people can find you. Sally, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so fun to catch up and hear about your event. It's been so great. I mean, you're like the yin to my yin. <laughs> thank goodness for your logistical planning brain. That is not necessarily my strength, but um, I, I love nerding out with you about events because we, we share the, we share love for the event. It's, it's my passion. Yes. Thanks, Sally. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Lynchpin Nation. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Central podcast. If you loved this episode today with Sally, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to Instagram. And be sure to tag at Sarah Faker and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from in the future. That'll help me know what to create for you. Also, I know you got one solid gold nugget of advice on filling your events from Sally today, but if you'd like a few more, 107 to be exact, then head over to fillingevents.com. Right now, I want to help you quickly master event marketing and fill your events, even if you've never done them before. I've scoured the online business world and found 107 of my favorite strategies working right now to fill your virtual or your in-person event. Create the event promotion plan you need from these easy to implement, customizable strategies at fillingevents.com. Now, in case you're curious, this podcast is built on Kajabi. I'm loving how easy it is to get things set up and going, but more so I'm thrilled that my entire business is run within one platform from my emails to my pages to my courses and my podcast too. It's all under one roof. If you love simplicity and scalability as much as I do, then what I want you to do right now is to go to greenroomcentral.com to get a free 14-day trial from Kajabi. I appreciate your commitment to leveling up and learning the mindset and the strategy of live events. Keep going. Keep learning. If you want more, head over to greenroomcentral.com for show notes and all the links from today's episode.